multi-team or even whole organisational agility, business agility, whatever it is you would like to label it as, has never been easy. And there has been a huge number of frameworks over the years that have come and gone. Some have stood the test of time, others haven't. But all of them, well, I say all of them, most of them have had pretty good, strong values at their core. The Less Matters podcast is here for more than just less stuff. This podcast exists to help you get to grips with multiple team agile, to help you get to grips with how to scale, or even just how to be a better agilist and agile leader yourself, to accelerate your performance and the performance of those around you. Here at Less Matters, we are going to be having lots of chats with people that maybe have never even heard of Less before, but have brilliant, informative, valuable things to share with all of us. So, here we go. Without any further ado, let's get on to this week's Less Natter. Hello and welcome to another Less Matters podcast episode. That's a mouthful. Is that how you introduce each episode on your podcast, Nisha? I do, I do. And uh, yeah, Sharon and I are working on getting slicker. It's a learning journey, right? So yeah. I'll, I'll try, I'll, let me try a slicker one. Hello. That's slicker. Too brief. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even going to edit this out. This is now the show. This is the thing. No way, Ben. This is like super, super natural level, you know, yeah. podcast as it is. Do you want to listen to it? Listen to it. Yeah, if you don't, you know, sling your hook. If you don't want to listen to it, find something else. Scroll yeah, on, or, mate. Scroll on. Yeah, scroll on. Or just share it with someone that you really dislike and tell them, and tell them it's really good. And then force them and get them to listen to it and then spoil their day as well. Yeah, that's what they say. A problem shared is a problem two people have. Yeah. Yeah, that's a way to look at it. So there I you like go. That. Top tip. Already the tips are just pouring out of me. So we should really talk about less. Or not even less. We're here today uh, recording this at the end of the Easter bank holiday here in the United Kingdom to kick off a new series of conversations I'm going to be having with people around stuff that's agile related and the people that I have chosen are people that I particularly like and those which I've always enjoyed listening to and talking to and have grown with some not all and I will flag the people that I haven't actually built friendships with I'll flag those don't worry but today isn't one of those today is somebody that I have built a friendship with over the years since she came on a training course of mine a long time ago do you know what Ben you, this was like the less basics course that I went on. I was just intrigued by it, uh, wanted to know more about it. And it was one of the first courses that I did uh, whilst, um, yeah, whilst the pandemic was in, in full flight. And you made it through the pandemic because of the course, I, I, I expect. It gave me everything I it needed. It gave you everything you needed. People should come on the course. When next time there's a pandemic... Get yourself one of my less basics courses because it's proven. Yeah. I mean, pandemic proof. Come on. What more do you need? What more do you need? Probably some more. There's probably some more empirical data than that. But yeah. Nisha is here and you've heard her voice. Let me, let me read 
some stuff about her. I like the fact that on podcasts and things, like, no one ever, no, no one admits that they've been sent the thing they're reading. Do they really? Yeah, I know. I know. And look, hey, I don't admit it, but I try and make it um, as though I am giving an honest sort of reflection um, on someone because I know them. Like you, I've built relationships with those that come on on the Delivery Space podcast as well. So, you know, when when you're speaking about the bio, it actually means something to you. Well, I will. I will read what you've sent me with 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 vigor and passion. But no, I just find it funny. Everybody does it. Everyone sends in the bio they want written, but no one ever. We will, everyone always pretends. And today, I'm not going to move pretending. But I'm going to give this everything. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm I'm poised. I'm listening to you. <laughs> it's a strong start. With. Over 22 years of experience delivering successful solutions in technology, Nisha has progressed from business analyst at DHL to leading programs and projects for digital transformation. Is that fair? Is that a good start? I, do, I can take it down yeah. and take if you want to. Yeah, it, it's kind of, you know, the uh, the the voiceover for um, some major concert or something yeah. like that right now but yeah maybe maybe take it down like a like a you know tiny bit take it down. like a little bit a yeah. little bit of sincerity on the top <laughs> sounds like you're announcing a feature film yeah okay well this could be a feature film maybe that may maybe someone will buy the rights and this will just be turned to the next hollywood blockbuster Having discovered Scrum 13 years ago, she rapidly progressed to Scrum Master roles. She has developed her natural talent for servant leadership, creating then coaching amazing teams and delivering outstanding results. Nisha has a wealth of experience globally across industries including logistics, supply chain, e-commerce, retail, broadcast media, not-for-profit and startups. Nisha is a highly experienced mentor and coach for project and program management professionals and scrum masters. She has, a, she has a track record of helping clients attain and surpass their career goals in the technology delivery space and beyond. Outside of work, Nisha is a volunteer project manager for Furlearn, a not-for-profit organization committed to empowering furloughed and unemployed talent in the UK, winning the LPI Innovation and Learning Gold Award in February 2021 was an immensely proud moment after 18 months of fulfilment, service and dedication. Nisha, welcome. Thank you, Ben. Said with an affirmative welcome at the end. Yeah. That's just, that's just topped off nicely. I read that in a book. So, Nisha, now it's brilliant to have you here. And as people who are listening or maybe watching this, uh, if people are watching this, probably saw me looking down to a different screen to read, but that's only because I haven't figured out how to use my teleprompter yet. Those listening, I might just edit that part out. So Nisha is here to talk to me about some questions that were on the top of her mind, I suppose, when we started off a little chat a few months ago and I when mm. I asked her to come on the podcast. So over the next few weeks, Nisha, you'll hear a little bit from Nisha and me, and we'll be focusing in on the questions that she posed. Now, your first question, Nisha, would you like to read it out? Yeah, sure. This one's about how we determine a client's readiness for Agile. Okay. 
when we say client, mm. who are we thinking of? So in this scenario, we're thinking of, you know, let's say we are a consultancy. We are a, um, a, a considered an SME in the area of agility and introducing agility and transformation into organizations. And we're responding to client needs. But before we dive in there to m- try and meet some of their needs, it's to understand what's actually behind that quest for agility. So thinking about things like motivations for turning to agile, um, as a method for delivery, um, often helps you unlock not only the cultural elements, but the, but the reasons for why, um, organizations want to respond, um, either to the market, they want to improve their product set, they want to satisfy their customers and either up their NPS score. What, what is it that's actually driving them to get a good idea of their motivations helps you answer other questions too around, you know, knowledge of that method across the organization, their level of maturity, their acceptance of change. Loads of useful things like that that can help uh, consultancies, solution providers, you know, working in that vendor, client, supplier, client capacity, understand the true picture of the need that you need to serve. Does mm. that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. So what's the, I don't know, calling it a big picture does it a disservice because I think the term big picture is kind of, it's used a lot. But when you're looking at an organization. Sorry to interrupt. It was just to to not use that, but to use the um, the everyday language of the nuts and bolts. Like you know, if you and I were in front of a client, what would we? What are the questions we would mm. seek to be answered in order to evaluate ourselves whether we were providing them the right service for? Their it's interesting, needs? is it? Because then it, it like it leads to a tangential conversation, which maybe we we won't have right now. Maybe we will, mm. which is. If you assess the readiness, are you doing that because you would like to be able to walk away if it isn't for you? Or is it just so that you know how much you can get away with charging? Mm, I like that question. I really like that question. And I'm going to go with, and I'll give you a reason why too. Um, I'm going to go with because you can walk away Mm -hmm. then. And be more discerning about whether you can affect change within the uh, the client's organisation um, and make a positive impact mm-hmm. for them and help them achieve their goals, or whether there is whether that isn't the right fit for you as an organisation. And you know, I've been part of and working for organisations, mainstream organisations that have gone to tender looking for suppliers who can help them in some of their transformation efforts. And yes, yeah, some suppliers have backed away after performing an agile readiness. Some suppliers mm. have backed away for various different reasons, but there is a, there, yeah, there is a, an element of bravery and, um, honesty yeah. there, I think. Um, yeah, that needs so to be addressed. If we were to be, an, I, I don't, I wouldn't say it's philosophical, 
but thinking about when we are assessing readiness, are we assessing their readiness for us or our readiness for them or their readiness for agile? Because I wonder if this is something I did a team coaching assessment a little while ago and we had a actor. She was phenomenal. I've never, I've never done role play properly. It turns out because she was just something else. And it was one of the most interesting coaching practices of my life. And she gave me feedback because she understood team coaching as well, that I shouldn't say thank you to the coach E or the sponsor when starting a conversation, because she said team coaching is not a situation where you would thank somebody because it's a partnership. If you are going to be thanking them, then they should be thanking you because you've, you've given up your time to be here and explore this with them as much as they've given up their time. And if you take it from that position where you feel that you are in service to them and you are showing gratitude for them for them to turn up then you'll find it difficult to strike up a partnership so what i wonder is here when we are talking about readiness and if i was to answering it answer it personally i would say are, are we ready to enter into a partnership regardless of mm where your teams are or your tech stack is or your leadership is or your culture is, are you ready to enter into a partnership where we both have skin in the game? My skin in the game is, and my, and my associates, let's say, for example, is to get data, make inferences, help you understand what we're finding, have you challenge what we found and for us to work together to create a plan which you can stick to and we can help you stick to if you wish. I think for me, then when, when we talk about readiness, it's readiness for a partnership. Mm. That's why I said both ways. It has to be an assessment that's happening both ways. They're assessing you. You're assessing. They're assessing you in terms of your capacity and your fit. You know, do you have the right chemistry to be able to influence the teams within the organisation to be able to inspire the teams within the organisation? And, you know, does the organization, do you think they'll be receptive to what you have to say to the advice that you have to give? And I think that's, that's definitely a both a, a two way thing. And the partnership, it's, it is definitely one of chemistry. So, you know, where you think you can, and, and those conversations tell you a lot. You know, as I said, they give you that um, information around you know, the organization's capacity for effective decision making. How do they make decisions on an ongoing basis? What is their, you know, what's their thinking around and, and their capacity for change and making the relevant changes within the organization that transformation involves? You know, how how comfortable are they with uncertainty? for a little while whilst whilst this transformation is actually happening those it's useful to to unearth those things before you start to get into you know a a full-on partnership it's, it's useful to have some of that information because that's that can be crucial to the success of your of of your transformation efforts together mm. but how would one go about accumulating such data 
It's what I'm wondering. If we're going to give the people listening something like a valuable little morsel here, like what would you would you say is a, a mechanism by which to to gather some of that data? So it would be through speaking to people. So you can do that in various no formats. Yeah, way, no way, way, <laughs> and you can you can do that through various different means, right? So you know you can be speaking to the leadership team to ask them these questions, to run run workshops with them to understand in their view, you know what the, what are the goals that they are going after? What would they like to see? What does an agile move to agile transformation actually look like? And you know without interfering, invite them to speak about it because then you have that whether it is a raw understanding or whether it's a more developed understanding at least you get a measure of that and then you know what you're what you're working with same with the teams I mean there are different models that you can use with teams um I came across one the other day which I haven't used which I would love to use because up till now I've used the um more more interviews and more informal workshops with teams and, and more kind of an interviewing style with senior leadership to understand where they are in their thinking. But I came across um, a Schneider culture model um, that uh, Jorgen Hesselberg has written about in his Unlocking Agility, which has kind of become my Bible over the past few months. I love that book because it just is such a good practical guide for, you know, the thinking that useful thinking that you kind of need to adopt, you know, when you're having this, having this dialogue. And it gives you some great ideas. Um, so the, the, the model is around kind of un- understanding, engaging the cultural fit, um, of an organization, understanding where they're at in their, um, in, in, in their culture. You know, where, where are they? Are they a, uh, collaborative culture? Are they a control based culture? Um, are they a competence based culture? Are they a, you know, um, a cultivation culture? It, and, and it, you know, he, um, I think he, he, in his book, if you look for it, I can give you, um, pointers to where people can find this in the book. But he's actually given, um, a snippet from a, a live workshop that he carried out and he had the teams do some dot voting against the model to define where they are. And there's nothing like getting raw feedback from teams. So you can understand, yeah, how do they feel? How do they think in their culture? How do they feel? How do they, what's their relationships like with leadership? That's important as well. Um, because when you're moving to agile, leadership's got to drive it. And it's, it's, it's not a neat, um, neat journey. It's, you know, you've got to be prepared to do the messy work. So one of the questions which I, always ask team members if it's software related yeah is how fearful are you of making a commit Mm. because i agree like leadership Mm. should be involved in something like this but if your teams are fearful of every commit they make if they can't collaboratively work together on a shared code base or good technical practices leadership can say all the stuff they like but ultimately you've still got a very slow output of very poor quality stuff mm. if if there isn't something there to help untap it so i agree with everything you've said i'm fit i'm always dubious of models so i'll check out that schneider model and yeah. what it made me think of was there was a a technique i bought some cards yesterday called value cards not right. jeff watts's ones there's some okay. ones i found which were 
much more attractive. I can't think what they're called now. I'll put the links in the show notes. But the idea being that you get everyone to select the value, the values that mean most to their team or to them Hmm. and then hold them and then they get to share them and show the differences and you get to vote and figure it out. And it kind of made me think about what you're saying around the, the culture model, Hmm. understanding where people are at or what they aspire to be is definitely something which we have to consider when looking at someone's readiness for Agile. And I, I don't think that often, and something that Kareem Harbert said, which is you can't, you can't be Agile and be efficient. Yeah, yeah. And I think too much of the time, organisations are still stuck in that old kind of tailorist, reductionist, efficiency mindset. You know, and they don't like the fact that if you go to, if you want to be adaptable, then you're going to probably be seemingly inefficient, but mm. you could be very effective. Mm. And that's a difficult thing for many leaders to square off, I think. Yeah, it is. And especially when I, I love the thing that you picked up on the values. And, and, and this is why, right? Because if an, an organization has been exposed to agile, and they've had, let's say, a negative experience, and that will come out in workshops like that. And then there you need to delve deeper. And whilst you're doing that, um, you know, what's, what's happening? Are you delivering at the same cadence? Are you expected, you know, are teams expected to carry on with their delivery? Or, you know, what's, what's the appetite, um, within leadership to take a step back, take a pause whilst they, whilst they pivot or whilst they introduce more agile measures into their organization. It also gives a really good indication when you start talking about values, not only their experiences with agile, but the levels of psychological safety. Like, you know, you, you mentioned the key questions you ask. I, I always ask about how comfortable are the development team, for example, in questioning what's in the product backlog in having you know conversations with a product owner in questioning some of those requirements how comfortable are they in in doing that and challenging some of those that also speaks to the the level of psychological safety that there is um and yeah then and then the propensity for change well propensity what a word oh no it just came to me uh, do you know what? It's one of those words I think I can use in the right context, but don't really know what it means. If anyone else finds themselves in that situation, I will put a description in for show notes. Uh, Nisha, we are sadly at the end of our agreed time for today's question. And I feel like we kind of scratched the surface, but could have spoken so much more. Yeah. So maybe we can exchange some notes after this and decide maybe what question we explore in another another episode. Absolutely. But Nisha, I know that you are a professional podcast person yourself and that you have your own podcast. So as a deal, if you come back to do another episode with me, I will let you plug your podcast at the beginning because I would let you say you could do it at the end, but who? how do we know who's still listening? You just don't know. You just hope people are listening and fully engaged right to the end. I'm giving you an I'm giving you an offer. I'll, I'll put your podcast details in the in the show notes. You can pitch it now, and you can pitch it at the beginning of the next one, or, or just at the beginning of the next one. I don't mind. I'll pitch it at the beginning of the next one. Why not? But for anyone listening, it's the Delivery Space Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> ah, see what I did there. <laughs> well, yeah, just because 
she doesn't want to come back. That's why she did it. Like, oh, I don't I'll know be this. back, Ben. I'll be back. <laughs> is that Dolph Lundgren? Is that Dolph Lundgren? It's a mixture of him and Arnie. There's, there's, you know, that's like a, yeah, that's a mashup of both. That's a power couple. Don't get me started on Arnold Schwarzenegger. I spent far too many hours of my life talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger on podcasts and videos, so I'm going to shut up. Uh, Nish, thank you very much, mate. Um, you going to come back? Huh, I will be back. <laughs> I said that without the accent. Do not yeah. laugh. No, I've, I thought that was the best impression yet. Honestly. That was the best one. Nisha, thank you very much, mate. Uh, we'll see you next time. Everyone, thanks for listening. And please do uh, subscribe. Make sure you hang around because Nisha will be back. And you don't want to miss out on more of the great stuff she has to share. So thank you, everybody. See you soon. Thanks, guys. What a brilliant conversation. Do you know what? I really enjoy talking to people, as you can probably tell. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to it too. Now, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, give us your feedback. The more attention that we get, the easier it makes it for me to free up the time to record these podcasts and edit them, to add videos onto the YouTube channel for Less Matters community. So please do give us your feedback, share it, like it, love it, give us your suggestions. My name is Ben Maynard. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Less Matters podcast. Until next time, stay safe and we'll see you then.